Since you really listened to him and you were taught how the truth is in Jesus, change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit and clothe yourself with the new person created according to God's image in justice and true holiness. Therefore, after you have gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor because we are parts of each other in the same body. Be angry without sinning. Do not let the sun set on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jonah. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I am your lead pastor here at Zao. Starting off the Sunday in the traditional manner with a little bit of early 2000s Kelly Clarkson. Yeah? I love that song. I love Kelly Clarkson so much just in general. She can kind of do no wrong. It feels very... Uh, like early aughts, the original Since You've Been Gone is spelled with just the letter U. Since You've Been Gone. Like you can feel extra anger that way. <laughs> breakups suck, right? Breakups really suck. But breakup songs rock. <laughs> I love breakup songs. We are in a series right now, a Lent series called The Breakup Album, where we are using breakup music to move through a season of preparing for, understanding, processing loss and change, the things that we lay down, the little deaths that come in our life through all the changes, all the the things that we had committed ourselves to that we now lay down and walk away from. Breakups can take a lot of different forms in our lives, and I don't want anyone here in this metaphor to get too hung up on romantic relationships. Because breakups can be with anyone or with anything. We break up with romantic partners. We break up with besties. We break, break up with family of origin. We break up with churches. We break up with jobs. We break up with paradigms that aren't serving us or the ways that we speak to ourselves. But anytime we go through a breakup, we experience a kind of death. The death of a relationship. The death of the self that you imagined the death of the future you had been planning in the context of whatever it is that you're leaving behind. And so every breakup needs a good soundtrack. Now I got to pick the songs for this series and I almost went with Pink's So What for today. So what? I'm still a rock star. I got my rock moves and I don't need you. I have a playlist that I made in my early 20s called Unlove. It's got You're the Fool by Mavis Staples. I'm Not Your Toy by LaRue. One of my favorites is by Belle and Sebastian. It's called I Love My Car, which is really sweet until it goes on to say, I wish I could say the same for you. And of course, my favorite Taylor Swift song, We Are Never, Ever, Ever getting back together, like ever. ever. (laughs) Breakups unleash a torrent of feelings. Every kind of breakup sort of opens a dam. And is anyone else like this where like you're in a relationship or a situation or a situationship and you're like trying to make the best, right? You're trying to be positive. You're trying to like 
give someone the benefit of the doubt, like understand the situation, put yourself in their shoes, right? And so, you know, you sort of justify a lot of things. You let some things slide. You're like, I'm just going to let that go. And then when that dam finally breaks, when like either things become so bad that you break it off or the whole thing falls apart and all of that work you've done to justify the things that have been going wrong is for nothing anyway because they broke it off, oh my gosh, the flood, the flood that comes. You no longer have to pretend that everything was okay. You no longer have to pretend that things were good. Now, I know that there are some people who, in immediate post-breakup scenario, will idealize the relationship, will immediately go to the things that they've lost, the things that they treasured about that situation. I'm not that guy. I don't do that. I immediately go to all of the things that I was angry about that I wouldn't let myself be angry about because I was trying to make it work. Is anyone with me? Am I the only one that's petty? All right, all right, yeah. So immediate post-breakup Jonah is angry. I remember I, I, I had just experienced a breakup and uh, my bestie lived in Chicago and I was already living up here in Milwaukee, but I was new to the area. And we had decided that the way that we were gonna meet up over that summer, we had gotten, for the first time in our adult lives, season passes to Six Flags Great America because it's like halfway between Chicago and Milwaukee. And so any chance we could, we would just like meet up at this theme park. And so I remember like immediately post-breakup, going to this theme park with my best friend and like getting there, and we'd been like talking in the car, you know, as we're driving down. And we get down, I'm just talking in the car. I'm like, yeah, I'm really sad about this breakup. You know, whatever, like maybe it's for the best. We weren't really compatible. I really wanted to make it work. You know, I'm continuing to talk through it, process it while we're in the line for the roller coasters. And I'm like, yeah, I think that there were really weird gender dynamics, like she's super high femme, which is awesome. But like as a cis person, I feel like she didn't really get my non-binariness and like, you know, she was just like rounding me into boyfriend status because that was her framework. And then by the time we're getting off the roller coaster, I'm like, and that one time that she like mind vomiting because she smelled my provolone and like, that's my lunch, dude. Like, why are you going to yuck my yum? We are never, ever, ever getting back together. And I was so mad and like it just all came flooding out, right? And I have this, this feeling, I'm channeling this like, I'm so moving on, I'm so mad. But that I'm so moving on is coming in the midst of obsessively dissecting every moment of that relationship, every piece of anger that I didn't know I was holding on to. That whole like I can breathe for the first time It's because I didn't realize until you've been gone that I was holding it all in this whole time. That rage, that hurt, that processing, this is all normal and good. It's important to be angry when someone has hurt you. It's important to feel rage when that job treated you so badly. It's important to feel righteous anger when the church has caused you harm. We have to feel all of these things in order to move on. But so many of us are told that that anger is unholy. 
How many of us have gotten messages, directly or indirectly, in the church that we were not supposed to be angry? How many people have gotten messages uh, that they're not supposed to be angry because of the expectations of their gender? How many people have gotten the messages that they are not supposed to be angry because of the way that they are racialized in this country? There are so many of us who have been taught from some angle or another that our anger is not only unjustified, but undignified. That our anger is not worthy, that it is coming from some sort of deficit in us. But our anger is holy and good. And in fact, maybe one of the reasons that that relationship that I was in didn't work out was because instead of addressing all of the hurt that I was experiencing in my relationship, I just bottled it all up and stopped breathing and hoped it would go away. That is what we are expected to do to make life easier for other people. But that is unholy. That is unholy, that expectation that you are to never be angry. That is insane. That is not good. That is unright. unrighteous. We talk sometimes here about how righteousness is not about being right. It's about right relationship. Well, righteous relationship has room for your anger. Righteous relationship has room for accountability. And if you are never allowed to be angry, then your relationship is never held to account. So when we get out of something unaccountable, something, a relationship, a situation, an institution, a community that never had room for our anger, of course it's going to come flooding out. That is holy and good. And then we have to counteract all those messages. Oh, you're just angry. You're just bitter. Why are you sinning against your brother or sister in that way? We're all supposed to be so serene. Well, who, who was it? Who was it that was always yelling at people and throwing tables around? Was, was that Jesus? I think that was Jesus. I think that was like our main dude. The scripture we have for today says, be angry without sinning. Have you noticed anything about that? First of all, the instruction begins with be angry. <laughs> be angry. Be angry. And then it comes with this addition, without sinning. Now what that means to me, first and foremost, is that being angry is not a sin. Being angry is not sinful. And that there are ways to be angry without sinning. And there are ways to be angry while sinning. Sinning is an option, but it is not the norm. Anger is not a sin. Anger is information. Anger is information. Anger is a flag that says, my boundaries have been violated. Anger is a flag that says, my feelings have been hurt. Anger is a flag that says, this cannot stand, something must change. So what does it mean to be angry without sinning? The scripture gets more specific. It says, don't let the sun set on your anger. Don't provide an opportunity for the devil. Now, this is not literal. Don't let the sun set on your anger. You can't solve every angry feeling in one day. Anyone who tries to tell you otherwise is participating in that minimizing that says your anger is acceptable so long as you keep it brief. 
So long as it's neat and tidy. So long as it's, you know, dainty and unified. Now, what does it mean then? If we don't need to burn through our anger, you know, before sunset, how do we not let the sun set on our anger? What this means to me is that we are called to let our relationship with rage run its course, to not get stuck inside of it, to not make it our whole personality. Now, a lot of people will deny anger altogether. What that does is it simmers then in the background, in the periphery. It seeps in and through everything because without actually giving it space to express itself, your rage will find a way in. No matter how much you suppress it or paper over it, it is still there. Sometimes when we're talking about feelings here, it's important to me to remember uh, a, a very critical text from my own childhood, going on a bear hunt. We're going on a bear hunt. Gonna catch a big one. We're not scared. But they have to go through many obstacles. They come up against the grass, swish, swish, swish. And the mud, clump, clump, clump. And what do they say? Anybody know? Can't go under it. Can't go over it. Gotta go through it. This is the truest thing I've ever heard in my life. You can't go under it. You can't go over it. We gotta go through it, y'all. Your feelings are unavoidable. Your feelings don't need to be justified. Your feelings will not be denied. We can't go under them. We can't go over them. We have to go through them. Your rage is a process and you have to move through it. And if we don't, if we try and try and try to find ways around and beyond and behind, if we try and push it to the sides, it will just remain with us. We will carry that rage with us until it finds a way out of our system. We can't avoid our anger we have to go through it. We have to process it. We have to move it through our beings, through our bodies. And if we just ignore it, if we let the sun set on it, it will fester in our body. Don't give the devil that opportunity. Don't give evil the opportunity to root unprocessed rage in your body. Don't look away from your feelings. They deserve your attention. They deserve your expression. And the only way to let your rage run its course is to go through it. There are other folks who don't necessarily deny their anger. Perhaps they have turned to face their anger, but without hope that there is something better on the other side, they plant a flag in that anger. They sit down. This is what I mean when I say don't make rage your personality. So many of us have been hurt. So many of us have been wounded. And we have been denied by our culture, by our friends and family members, the opportunity to process that rage. And so in order to give ourselves space, we carve it out. We make a home in our rage. We will tell anyone who will hear that we have a right to be angry. And you know what? We're not wrong. We're not wrong, but are we moving through our rage or are we setting up camp? Are we processing our anger and letting it 
move through us with healthy, vibrant expression? Or are we moving in to our rage, calling it home and saying, I live here now. Good luck trying to move me. Be angry without sinning. Do not give the devil that opportunity to take over your whole life, your whole being. And perhaps we only do this in one corner of our lives. I remember that day, I was like, I'm done with cis people. I'm done dating cis people, I said to my cis friend. And she was like, yeah, no, I totally get it. That's very reasonable. Now, I happened to marry a trans person like two years later, so I was not wrong. But, <laughs> but that was a momentary rage, and if I had set up camp, right, if I had decided that this one relationship where I felt so wronged was going to be the platform upon which I rejected people out, outright based on an experience of the past that I had with another person, that would have been an opening for evil to come in and root itself in me. And that, that evil has so many opportunities to cause harm, right? That can cause harm to people that I'm rejecting, but it also causes harm to me. I've closed myself off. I've said there's a whole, whole category of people who are no longer allowed to love me because one person got it wrong. When we put up boundaries, those are healthy. When we tuck into our anger and our rage and we say, I will hate you before you get the chance to hate me, that is when we make anger our personality. When we, when we let the sun set on it, when we let it root in our being, when we give the devil an opportunity. So when we have this rage that is inside us from a breakup, from a bad relationship, how how do we engage with this? When people are moving through that rage, how do we make sure we process it without dwelling in it forever? What are the areas in which you are most vulnerable to letting that rage root inside of you? What are the places in your life when you've been told it's least acceptable to be angry? That's the biggest first place to look. Is the rage you hold from a romantic relationship still eating you up? Is the hurt from your family of origin still unprocessed in your body because it's not acceptable for you to really move through it? Or is the hurt that you've experienced in church or in spiritual spaces so strong in your body with no outlet that you are unable to heal from it? Be angry. Be angry. And don't let the sun set on that anger. Look it in the face. Don't let it root in you, but move through it. Don't deny it. Don't try and go under, around, or over it. You have to move through it. We can move through it together. And you know what? This stuff takes time. It really does. If you are not through processing your rage about something, don't, don't hear from me that, that that's a bad thing. I had a best friend breakup about five years ago. Five years ago. And every time I thought of them for five years, all I could feel was angry. 
All I could feel was hurt. I, I thought, I've been friends with this person for most of my life. How is it that every time they cross my mind, I can't think of one good thing? I would not have been friends with them for so long if there wasn't goodness in it. And, and I told myself that logically. I was like, why? Why can't I access these things? And it was because I had so much hurt to process through. I had to be mad about it for five years. It's only been in the last couple of months that I've started to have positive memories of that relationship. And it's become such a relief. But I also, during that whole process, told myself, don't rush it. You got time. But I also expected not to be angry forever. I expected that as long as I let that anger sit with me, as long as I was able to acknowledge it, to name it, to validate it, I could also set it free. I have been angry for five years. And you know what? I'm not done being angry. But it is moving through me. And enough anger has moved out of my body that I can now access what is good and holy as well. Underneath rage, there's usually a whole host of other feelings. Other feelings that also deserve our attention, our time, our space. Sometimes when we let anger and rage root within us, it is because it is easier, it is more acceptable for us to feel that rage than to feel the loss underneath it. What kind of loss is your rage protecting? What kind of grief does your body deserve to move through? not over, around, or under, not shoved to the periphery, not pretended away. But the loss underneath all of that rage deserves your attention. Sometimes, when we really take a step back from all of this, we realize that while it feels like we're mad at that person, or that system, or that community, we're actually ultimately mad at God. Why would God put me in that? Why won't God send me love that I deserve? Why didn't God make the church a healthier place if that's where we're supposed to find a relationship with them? The good thing is, God's mad about it too. And God can hold all of that rage. So many of us have been taught that if we express rage to the people in our lives, we will lose them or we will harm the relationship. But the promise of the gospel is that we will not lose our relationship with God and that God is big enough, stable enough, loving enough, and kind enough to receive all of our rage and anger with compassion, with understanding, with empathy, and so, whether or not it makes logical sense, if we find ourselves in the midst of a breakup being like, and you did this, you set all this up, that deserves room and space too. We are called as Christians to be angry without sinning. So what are the ways that you can practice a healthy release of your anger? How can you rage away towards holiness and righteousness and right relationship? 
in that music video for Since You've Been Gone, Kelly Clarkson just like tears up an entire apartment. It looks so cathartic. Like cutting the spaghetti straps off of dresses, 2004. Tearing down, you know, shower curtains. Just upending a life. And though part of the grief that we have is that the life we thought we were pursuing is now gone, sometimes we need to make a mess of it on the way out. How can you move that rage through your body? How can you take the deep breaths that are finally accessible to you? How can we as a collective be a community that doesn't diminish anger and rage? and doesn't allow it to to root and fester in us, but allows for expression, allows for, for open understanding that people have been harmed, allows for the processes of accountability. So let us rage away. Let us rage away, but don't hold on to it as it tears through. Destroy an apartment, probably metaphorically. Probably. But don't let anyone deny you your anger. And don't let your anger overtake you. Be angry without sinning. And this breakup might actually give way to the life you have always wanted. Will you pray with me? Good and holy God, we thank you for being a God who knows, who understands, who feels, and can hold all of our big feelings. God, help us to hold space for the fullness of who we are. Help us to name the hurt, the loss that we're experiencing. And God, give us the strength to move through our feelings, to feel them fully and to release them to you. God, give us ways to move through our bodies. Give us the strength and joy of release. And God, help us to trust in you That whatever rage we are feeling, whatever loss we are feeling, whatever disappointment we are feeling, even if it is directed towards you, God, you are there with us. You are receiving us with kindness and compassion and that we will see the other side of it with you held in your love. Amen.